بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه. The Jum'ah Khutbah is an essential reminder that calls the believers every Friday to increase in taqwa, God consciousness. This series shares Jum'ah Khutbahs that take place at the Al-Maqasid Seminary. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah al-lazhi hadana lihaza wa ma kunna linahtadiya lawla an hadana Allah. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammadin miftahi baba rahmatillah. Adana ma fi ilmi la saratan wa salamin da'imayn bi dawami munkillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man walah. Wa shadu annahu Allahu alladhi la ilaha illa Allah wahdahu la shirikara. Ilahan wahidan wa rabban shahidan wa nahnana muslimun. وشرنا سيدنا وحبيبنا وكرة عيوننا محمد عبده رسوله أرسله الله بالهدى والدين الحق ليظهر على الدين كله ولو كريا مشركون أما بعد عباد الله إني مصيكم ونفسي إياي بتقوى الله الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام وكفى بها من نعمة we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessing of Islam, insufficient indeed that it is as a blessing, the greatest blessing of all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has expanded our hearts to iman, such that we are present on this very special day of Jum'ah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala singled out this ummah with. And what an opportunity to expose ourselves to the sweet breezes of Allah ta'ala's mercy. And this special tajalli that he has for his righteous servants that observe his commandments, subhanahu wa ta'ala. As we get closer and closer to the end of time, and so many people are turning away from religion altogether and belief in Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. What a blessing to be gifted belief. To be living in the belly of the beast, but at the same time to affirm that la ilaha illallah Muhammad rasulullah. May we live upon that reality and die upon that reality, and be raised from the elect of those who say, La ilaha illallah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala realize the highest degree of its meanings in us. One of the most dangerous things of all that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us about in his book is the reprehensible trait of kibar, of arrogance, pride, haughtiness. This is one of the most dangerous things of all. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-A'raf that he will turn away from his signs those who show arrogance in the earth without right. I will turn away from my signs or an alternative translation might be I will keep distracted from my signs. Those who show arrogance in the earth unjustly. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say, And even were they to see every sign, they would still not believe in them. If they see the right path, they will not take it. But if they see a crooked path, one that is misguided, they will follow it. This is because they denied our signs. 
and they were heedless of them. So in this verse, we learn about a reality within the human being. When this reprehensible trait of arrogance, pride, haughtiness arises in the heart of the human being, it blinds us. It prevents us from seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sign in earth, in the horizons, in heaven, on the horizons, and in heaven. Everything around us ultimately is signs that points to the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if someone has this terrible trait of arrogance, they won't believe in them. And the reason is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will prevent them because of their own state from reflecting deeply about them or in them. And so there are signs throughout the heavens and the earth that we are supposed to see, we are supposed to be able to read, that are supposed to indicate to us something that is beyond that which is we see in that which we see in the phenomenal realm right before our eyes. It's supposed to point to the existence of the uncreated creator, subhanahu wa ta'ala, who brought this all into existence. Other scholars say is that Allah will prevent them from understanding the verses of the Quran. In a verse that conveys a similar meaning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Saf, When they went astray, <coughs> Allah left their hearts to stray. Or you could say, when they persistently deviated, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused their hearts to deviate. So this is a choice that you and I make. And something that we have to be weary of. Because this is not a good state to be in where you're alive but you're not really alive. That you see but you don't really see. You hear but you don't really hear. And there are so many people around us that are living like we are living, seeing like we are seeing, hearing like we are hearing. But there's not true life. Nor do they truly see nor do they truly hear. We want to truly live. And true life is a life of iman and faith. We want to truly see. And true sight is to see everything being from Allah. And we want to truly hear. Which is that everything that we hear around us should point us to a meaning that benefits us on the path to preparation in the preparation of meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this is what Allah ta'ala says. The person who is in this state of takabbur this is how Allah seals the heart of every arrogant man. So not only does Allah Taala divert his signs from people who show arrogance in this earth, but he also, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is that he seals their hearts. And who can bear this type of tribulation? Or your heart is sealed. The heart is, a liken, is likened to a container. And that our hearts are supposed to be able to receive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. As Sayyidina Ali bin Abi Talib said, that Allah has in his earth containers. Meaning, kalub, hearts. And the best of hearts are the 
أصفاها وأصلبها وأرقها. And the best of them are the purest, the firmest, and the most brittle. And when you first hear that, you're like, how can it be firm and brittle at the same time? But asfaha fil yaqeen, the purest in certitude. In other words, is that the more that our conviction grows that this is truth, then the less that will be affected and pulled in different directions and the less that will deviate from the straight path, the more that we have certainty in our heart that this is truth that we've been given. But then, the firmest in the religion. We don't let the latest current take us in this direction or in that direction. We don't blow with the wind. We're firm when it comes to this deen. And we realize is that yes, that religion and practice of it is a balance. We don't want to go to any stream, extremes. We don't want to be lax, but nor do we want to be excessive. We want to be balanced. We want to recognize where we're at in relation to the maqamat of the deen, the stations <coughs> of the religion. And slowly and sustainably and consistently move up in those stations to the day that we meet our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we want to have them be that firm on this deen. The most brittle in relation to the believers. We should be gentle and humble and loving and amiable and caring and compassionate and empathetic with the believers. That should be our state with the believers. And we should even extend that to other people in our time that are not opposed to what it is that we have as the, the, from the blessings of Islam. But especially with the believers, that should be our trait. Those should be our traits. So Allah has in his earth containers, and those are the hearts. And these are hearts are what receive his mercy when it descends. But if the heart is sealed and it is covered over, then it's going to become hard. And once the heart becomes hard, it is distant from Allah Taala. And then there is a long list of things that happen after that. And one of the worst things that arises is, is that this heart will remain unchecked. It will start to actually think because of what it has and what it can do is that it attributes it to its own self. And that we start to then that become impressed with ourselves. And we start to then think that we have something that other people don't. And because of whether it might be from that our, the way that we look, that whether it be from that our lineage, our wealth, some physical or other type of strength that we have, power that we've given over people, our knowledge, or something it is that we've done. All of these different causes of pride in kibar. Knowledge, action and worship, lineage and descent, beauty, wealth, strength, power. These are the seven main causes for pride. Is that people see something that they have and they see that something that someone else doesn't have and thus that they think that they are better than them. And so this trait of kibr in the heart leads to tekebbo, which is things that we do outwardly, and that's the distinction between the two. Kibr is a trait of heart. That is the pride that we have in our hearts, where 
is that we are impressed with ourselves and we think that we've been given something and we attribute that blessing to our own selves and then we look at other people and think that we're better than them. And this is kibar in relation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's servants. And everybody in creation is his servant whether they outwardly acknowledge that or not is something else. Everyone is a servant of Allah. And that is a terrible type of pride. But even worse than that is to have pride towards the messengers that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent. And even worse than that is to have pride towards Allah and to vie with Allah Jalla Jalalu for an attribute that is solely His. And that is one of the worst things that you could possibly, possibly do as a human being. And have we not been given reminders that about our origin? And what it is that we come from, Lam that we were that something that was not even ever mentioned. There was a time where we were not existent on the face of this earth. And within a hundred years, everybody on the face of this earth is going to be gone. And we're going to be in the belly of the earth. And how many millions and millions of people came before us? And how many millions and millions of people come after us? And the vast majority of us won't be remembered past a generation or two. And that's it. We're dead. And we've returned to Allah Taala. We've completely forgotten our origins. How humble our origins are. And there was one time that someone who was writing, he was a, that someone had a status in his society. And he was, he was riding on his mount with his retinue. And that they were trying to move this elderly lady out of the way so he could pass with his procession. And that she didn't want to get out of the way for them. She said, this is just as much right as you to walk on this street. And then he looks at her and he says, that, don't you know who I am? Oh, and that's like the trait of the arrogance. Or in modern slang, you better recognize Recognize, who, oh, who do you think you are? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? And she looked at him, she said, I know you very well. I know you very well. You began as a sticky fluid, a drop of semen in the womb of your mother, like every single one of us. And he said, she said, and your end will be a putrid corpse. Every single one of us is going to rot in the grave. And she said, And between those two states is that you carry feces between your two sides. You use the bathroom like everybody else does. And if that's not a humbling experience to teach us humility, then what is? Every single human being, <coughs> no matter how powerful they are, no matter how, how much money they have, they all, akramakum Allah, use the bathroom. In other words, why do we have arrogance? Who do we think we are? And when you take away the spectacle, is that you realize all human beings are the same. We all have a physical body. We all have a heart. And what a blessing to have a deen that teaches us is that when we come into the prayer rows, is that you want people from all different walks of life right next to each other. People that are wealthy, people who don't have as much wealth, that people are from very prominent families, 
people who don't even have any family members, and so forth and so on. We go to Hajj, which is the ultimate rehearsal for death, and we strip ourselves of everything that would give us distinction in society. And we all wear the same type of garments. <coughs> and we all circumambulate these same Kaaba. And we're <coughs> and we're in the same space. All of this is to teach us humility. Because if the heart becomes sealed, this is one of the worst possible things that can happen. Where then is that we have this trait of arrogance potentially rise to the surface. And then we will end up saying and doing things that the arrogant do. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about some of them in his book. In Surah Ibrahim, is that Allah ta'ala says, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لِرُسُلِهِمْ The disbelievers then threaten their messengers. لَنُخْرِجَنُّكُمْ مِنْ عَرْضِنَا We will certainly expel you from our land. أَوْلَا تَعُودُونَ فِي مِلَّتِنَا Unless you return to our faith. So notice here, Ardina. We are going to remove you, Min Ardina, from our land. Who, who said it's your land? Is it there are human beings like you that are living on the same land? That Allah Ta'ala is teaching us about this archetype of entitlement. This is our land. And the country in which we live is built upon manifest destiny. This was meant to be. And we've completely forgotten the genocide that took place in the process. We've forgotten the oppression, institutional and individual, still to this day, that exists at the highest level of the institutions of this country in which we live. And things just keep going on, but there's still very much these subtle undertones that this is our land, and it has to be our way. And you are what? This is not, whose land is this? Everything belongs to Allah. None of this in reality belongs to us, even if we quote-unquote own it. We don't really own it. It really belongs to Allah. And the people that are successful are those that come to understand is that al-mulk lillah, the dominion belongs to Allah now. Everybody, everybody will realize that yawm al-qiyamah. Liman al-mulk al-yawm. To whom does the dominion belong today? It belongs alone to Allah, the domineering, the one subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the righteous come to realize that now here, everything ultimately belongs to Allah. And our job is to be a steward. What a difference between the nadra of the people of Iman and how we look at things is that we're custodians, we're stewards, we're supposed to that use Allah's bounty to bring about good for everybody in creation, as opposed to the other that way of looking at things. There's too many people in the world. The world is overpopulated. There's a limited amount of resources. And you'd be surprised how many misanthropists, not philanthropists, there are in the world at a very high level in some of the things that they wish that would happen, unfortunately, to the people of the world. And there's all these other people that are not a part of their earth that they see as just, okay, we can just get, who cares about them? That is not the prophetic concern. The Prophet ﷺ cared about every single individual on the face of this earth, even for those that no one else cares about. 
even those that people consider to, to be the wretched of the earth. And that's actually a book that friends spun on. The wretched of the earth. We care about everybody. And this is our deen. So this is the way of the people of Kibar. We will certainly expel you from our land. And then what did Pharaoh say? Have you come to drive us out of our land? With your magic, O Moses. It's also something that the Pharaoh said. Our land. And again, we are co-inhabitants on the face of this earth. Who gave you that privilege? And why do you have that deep-seated sense of entitlement that you feel like this is your land? And if you just walk outside this door here and walk like many of us are dressed along this road right here, you'll see the way that some people, not everybody, make you feel just by virtue of how you're dressed. Our sisters go out with a hijab. Our brothers go out recognizably Muslim. There will be people right here within the 100 feet of us as they drive by that will make you feel like that. Who do you think you are to look like that and dress like that on these streets of ours? And these double standards play out at many levels in society. Many, 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 many different levels from the way people receive health care. And I was just speaking to someone not too long ago whose father passed away. And she was explaining the double standards of health care. And because of her father and his background and his profile, it was very clear that he wasn't getting treatment like someone else who would have looked differently would have received. It all gets back to this, exactly what Allah is saying. It stems from arrogance in the heart and a false sense that somehow we think that we're entitled, that this belongs to us, and that other people have to live up to the way that we want them to live up to in order for them to be able to receive what it is that we receive. But this is the way of the people of Kibar. The arrogant chiefs of his people threatened. Oh, Shu'ib. We will certainly expel you and your fellow believers from our land. From our land. Unless you return to our faith. This is the way that these people are. And this is what you and I have to avoid. Because the danger of arrogance and pride is that it will blind us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's signs. We won't see them so that we can then accept them. And then tying it into something that is <coughs> always of the greatest importance, but especially in this month as we prepare to, we prepare ourselves for the blessed month of Ramadan. This is a month that our Prophet وسلم, asks Allah to place blessings in, in all of its meanings. All of those things that we could list and then all of those things that we don't even know that he even intended when he said, Place blessing for us in Rajab and Sha'ban and bless us to be able to reach Ramadan. One of the etiquettes, as we heard from one of our teachers, is that before you open the book of Allah, is that you make tawbah. Only the purified will touch it. Outwardly, you have to be in a state of wudu. Hold the mushaf. But 
inwardly you have to be purified if Allah is going to give you access to its meanings. And there's a way that you come to access those meanings. Every verse has an outward meaning and inward meaning, a limit and a vantage point. There's ways that we access Allah's book. Look at the incredible criterion that the scholars have placed in order for you to be a mufassar, someone that comments on the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a way to access its meanings. And after you do your part outwardly, then there will always be meanings that Allah Taala brings to the hearts in every generation because the revelation, the descent of the Qur'an has ceased. But the tanazzul, the renewed meanings that Allah brings to the hearts of the pious scholars of this ummah remains until Yawm Qiyamah. Because the meanings of the Qur'an are like incessant waves of the ocean. They just keep coming, they keep coming, and they keep coming, and they keep coming. And it will, they'll never, ever be exhausted. And so, one of the great etiquettes is, is that we repent right before you read. And we should have a daily hizb and reading of the Qur'an. Make tawbah, astaghfirullah. And know that you're reading the words of Allah. The eternal speech of Allah. What a blessing. We have prayer and we have qira'atul Qur'an. And that in prayer, tunaji rabbak. You are that conversing intimately with your Lord. And with the Qur'an, Allah is addressing you. And I guarantee you, if you can strive to bring that meaning to heart, when you read the blessed words of the Qur'an and the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah is addressing you. Don't think about anyone else, even if there's a story. The story, it's about you. Even the stories that we hear about Ahl Kitab, Bani Israel, that the kuffar, the disbelievers, make sure that none of that's in you. And then everything that Allah mentions about the believers, make sure that that's in you. But bring that to mind. Allah is addressing me and speaking to me directly. And you will be amazed at how your heart comes to life with this recitation. But also we prepare ourselves for the month of the Qur'an in the month of Rajab by istighfar. And one of the great problems that goes along with arrogance is that you're never going to repent if you have arrogance in your heart. Why? Because you never thought you were wrong to begin with. On the contrary, you think they're the ones that are wrong. And you start blaming other people. And you start criticizing and condemning other people for things that you caused. And this is why when it comes to this, there's only two responses. There's the shaitanic response, and then there's the Adamic response. Shaitan was commanded to bow, and he refused. And then Allah says, Qal, ya Iblis, O Iblis, ma manak, what prevented you in to what I created with my own two hands? Is that were you from the arrogant or that did you see yourself too great to do this? Unbelievable. This is the shaitanic archetype. He said, I am better than him. You created me from fire. And you created him from clay. This is 
the archetype of arrogance, not admitting that every the way he was created was from Allah. And if Allah commands him to bow and to prostrate, he should have done so. And as a result, called a فَخْرُجْ مِنْهَا فَإِنَّكَ رَجِيمٌ Is that he was then that banished and he became repudiated. Adam made a mistake. He did something he shouldn't have done. But then because of his response, this becomes the Adamic archetype for you and I until Yom Qiyamah qala. And this is now in reference to Adam and Eve. Rabbana ظَلَمْنَا anfusana. We have wronged our own souls. If you do not forgive us and have mercy on us, indeed that we will be from the losers. This was the Adamic response. He blamed himself. Is that he went low. He that sought the forgiveness of Allah. Asked for Allah's mercy. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Forgave him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are the only two responses. And people will choose on this earth which archetype they want to be like. And that we have a lot of people in our time that are human manifestations of the shaitanic archetype. With the way that they view the world, the arrogance that is in their heart, what that causes them to do outwardly. And their refusal to even that even consider the possibility of what religious people are saying is true. And everything that that leads to and the deep-seated sense of entitlement and the way that they view other people and so forth and so on. And then that this is then fused with this very deep-seated egocentrism where people really think that they're the center of this earth. Where look at all of these different things we have in our deen to that decenter the ego and to curb the ego because ultimately this is about Allah. All of creation is a manifestation of his names and attributes. And in the hereafter, this is about Allah. And you can try to oppose that, and then your result, will be eternally in the fire. Or that you can submit to the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created you and then enjoy it eternally. Those are the two options. And in the end, this is why there's only two abodes. There is Jannah and there is Naq. And everybody knows <coughs> at the depths of their being what is true. That knowledge exists within the ruh of every individual. Everybody knows deep, deep, deep down, but the kafir is the one who consciously covers it and doesn't allow the seed that has already been placed within the human being to rise to the surface. So there is the shaitanic response and there is the Adamic response. And this is what we want. We want to be people who that follow the that guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and who follow in the footsteps of the Prophet Adam والسلام, where we recognize is that Rabbana we have wronged ourselves. We all know that we've wronged ourselves. And we've wronged ourselves by falling short and doing what we know that is we should have and could have done to draw near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
just as we've wronged ourselves in the way that we've mistreated so many different people. And then, we recognize out of humility, it's an absolute fact. In reality, if Allah does not forgive us and have mercy upon us, that certainly that we will be losers. And in this blessed month of Rajab, may Allah inspire every single one of us to follow in the footsteps of our father, Sayyidina Adam والسلام, and to be people of repentance, and to be people that are tawwabin, that constantly repent, and constantly turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, morning and evening, all throughout our day. And then we take glad tidings, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبَّ التَّوَّابِينَ وَيُحِبَّ الْمُتَطَحِبِينَ Allah loves those who constantly turn to Him in repentance. And Allah loves those who strive and seek to be pure. That is our job, to be tawab and matatahir. Repent constantly and strive to become pure at every level of our being. At the level of belief, at the level of practice, and at the level of the heart. May Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq wa kullu kulli hal wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد ورضي الله تعالى سادات الخلفاء الرشيدين أبي بكر عمتوان وعلي وجميع ساداتنا الصحابة كرام أهل بيت رسول الله المطهرين من عجاس وعلينا معهم فيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر للمؤمنين المؤمنات المسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم والأموات ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقين عذاب النار ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا نكونن من الخاسرين آوكم الله نصركم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان ويتاء ذي القربى ينهان الفحشاء والمكر البغي يا إذاكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكر الرضيم يذكركم وشكراني مزدكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر Thank you for listening to one of Al-Maqasid's online educational offerings. Our mission at Al-Maqasid is to cultivate holistic learning environments rooted in knowledge, devotion, and service by providing full-time, part-time, online, and community programs. For more information, please visit our website at almaqasid.org and connect with our other online content at almaqasid.org backslash connect.